Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of How I Teach with the Language Arts Lady. I'm Donna Reese, your hostess and your teacher. Some quick, quick housekeeping things tonight or today, it is evening, before I get started on uh, part two of the five paragraph essay for junior high and high school. And uh, you have two ways to consume How I Teach. You can listen to it in your favorite podcast provider, or you can watch it on YouTube or at the Language Arts Lady blog. Uh, either way, you're going to want to get your free lessons. Here it is, your free teacher's notebook pages. There's uh, a packet, a teacher's notebook packet for every episode. And so you want to be sure that you grab this to use with your students. Uh, since I teach language arts for grades two through 12, there is a large variety um, of projects and levels and so forth in all of the 44 so far teachers notebook packets. So without further ado, I'm going to move on over to the PowerPoint. Say PowerPoint, yep. I'm gonna move over to the PowerPoint and start from the beginning. And you will see on the, in the PowerPoint, you'll see on the PowerPoint slide, the same thing that you will see in your teacher's notebook. So if you're listening, you can follow along in your teacher's notebook, um, but either way, you can get that at any time at languageartsladyblog.com. All right, so last week I started part one of uh, how I teach the five paragraph essay for junior high and high school. And this comes from one of my write for a month books, uh, called Fairy Tales 4. So level four is eighth, ninth, and 10th grade. And last week I gave some tips in my theory one. Last week was kind of an essay theory, if you will. Um, I gave some tips on increasing difficulty for older students and decreasing difficulty for as young as fifth or sixth or seventh grade students. So this really can span a large number of age groups. So you can uh, grab that hit 43 to learn how to adjust this. Um, especially if you're a homeschooling parent and you have you know, multiple grades, you could actually be working on this project with like your sixth grader, your eighth grader and your 10th grader, which would be just fantastic um, bang for your buck, right? For your time buck. All right, so last week I introduced that this project is uh, a five paragraph, or as I like to say, a, um, one, three, one essay. So three being the three middle paragraphs and one at the beginning, which is a thesis statement or a whole opening paragraph and one at the end, which is a thesis statement reloaded or a closing paragraph. So I use this terminology with my students, one, three, one, because then we move into timed essays and they always have in their heads that three is the paragraphs that we are going for in the body. And if I have time to write an opening, I will, but if not, I'll be sure to jump back and get that thesis statement down. And I will be sure to close my essay with either a thesis statement reloaded or a closing paragraph. So that was a lot about the theory. This week, I am going to talk about uh, the actual sample and how to teach from a sample and how to add quotes, teach how to add quotes to your students. So this particular project, the students are assigned the addition of one quote. Last week I talked about how you could up this 
for older students, you can take it out for younger students, how, you know, your very, very advanced high schoolers can have, you know, three different types of quotes assigned to them. So there's just a lot of leeway there. But um, this particular project, the students had to have uh, one quote. And when I go through this overview box with my kids, um, I adjust that accordingly. All right, so um, we already went over that. And we talked, I talked <laughs> about how we have the opening paragraph, which they will do later. And they have the paragraph of body A, constructive ideas for imaginative play. This is from the sample. And I talked about samples last week too. POBB, power of body B, the second uh, paragraph of the body, power of ordinary people. And then paragraph of body C, the third paragraph of the body, showing how good conquers evil and then the closing paragraph. So this actually has all five paragraphs of the quote unquote five paragraph essay or of the 131 essay. All right, so we, I talked last week about how we have a paragraph topic right here. And so students always know when to start a new paragraph. This is crucial and you might wanna hop on there and, and listen to how I start out teaching this with one paragraph and then how I give them three things like maybe three different dog breeds. And so, you know, they know that they're not going to jump into a different paragraph when they are talking about, um, you know, colleagues, they're not going to jump into Pomeranians in the same paragraph, so on and so forth. Just um, some really great tips on the whole uh, essay spectrum from last week. So they have, I think, with, um, we always check back on our review box, they have six to eight or seven to 10 sentences per paragraph assigned to them. So they are going to outline and um, talked about that last week. They're going to come here. They're going to write their first way that fairy tales help kids. And then they're going to put their link transition. You know, one way that fairy tales help kids is da, 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 da. And they're going to put their SSs, their support sentences, all the way through for their outline. They'll do that for all three paragraphs. So back into the sample, each of these indicates something. So these indicate the paragraph topics. These underline and bold fonts indicate the, um, the, uh, the topic sentence or a transition in the case of first. This introduces power of ordinary people. Well, lo and behold, that is the topic for that paragraph. And then the same thing here with paragraph of body C, they are going to talk right here about um, how evil can be conquered, which is um, showing how good, good can conquer evil, which is in their topic sentence for that paragraph. All right, so then there's also a code down here that tells you all of that. But here we have the thesis statement reloaded, that is in yellow. And then up here, we have our thesis statement. So the my students always tell their points. That is the topics of their three paragraphs. In persuasive writing, we call that the three Ps, the, the position, the point, and the proof. So this would be um, their, uh, um, that's the opening paragraph. This would be their point, um, imaginative play, and then they, this would be their proof of that. 
So this is kind of, you know, the beginning, as I mentioned last week, to persuasive writing. I want you to believe that these three ways that fairy tales help kids are truly the ways that they do. I want you to adopt them for your own. I want you to think they're important. I want to persuade you of that. So this is kind of on that spectrum, as I talked about last week. All right, so I wanna talk specifically about the um, opening paragraph, the thesis statement, the closing paragraph, and the thesis statement reloaded. I mentioned last week, all the different types of opening paragraphs that and closing paragraphs that I teach and uh, how, you know, subscribe to my teacher K teacher store because those lessons will be up there. The definition paragraph, the story paragraph, the newspaper article paragraph, the quote paragraph, the uh, definition paragraph, uh, the historical paragraph, uh, the book ending on both ends as with an opening and a closing. I uh, will have products up at my Teachers Pay Teacher Store for various levels on these um, patterned, uh, patterned paragraphs and how those can be standalone paragraphs if you're just teaching one paragraph, like um, a, care, uh, a definition paragraph defining, um, uh, defining um, uh, responsibility. And then your whole paragraph would be about that. That could be a standalone paragraph if you just want to teach one paragraph definition pattern paragraph, or it could be an opening to something that has to do with responsibility or something. So um, the opening paragraph is always done in all of my books after they have outlined or written the body. So first they brainstorm, then they research, then they write their thesis statement the working thesis statement so that it's ready to be tweaked later on. I like to get it in their heads right off the bat that this is a working thesis statement that uh, they will possibly change it when they decide what kind of opening paragraph they're going to have. They may want to incorporate the opening paragraph like if it was a definition and they defined imagination for this um, opening for this particular project, they could say just as the uh, definition of imagination shows, comma, fairy tales help kids in many ways, three of which are da 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 da. So in that case, they're going to tweak this working thesis statement to correspond, to fit in, to smoothly go into the thesis from the opening paragraph type. So that's why I always put the working right here because I want them to realize this is just what they are committing to right now for the body. And they can change that thesis statement to reflect the type of opening that they have. So the thesis statement, they, I always have samples of everything. So here they have um, the three things, uh, starting, provide a starting point for imagination, POBA, reveal the power of ordinary people, POBB, and showing how good can conquer evil, POBC, paragraphs of body. And they put those in their thesis statement in the same order that the paragraphs fall in their paper. And so that's their signposting. That is their way of uh, getting the reader a framework for what the paper is going to contain. And it just really, really works out great to do that. They come back up. Okay, yes. We actually, when we go through this um, sample, we're, we're all over the place here. We are, you know, circling this topic sentence, drawing error to the margin, um, gives kids constructive ideas for play, we're drawing error to the margin, we are writing topic sentence for POBA, um, 
And then here we're doing the same thing, POBB. We're coming in here and finding the quotes and we're circling those and or highlighting those or something and drawing an arrow to the margin and talking about the type of quote it is. So we are really, really working the sample. I use the samples extensively. I have a great writer, Zach Kaiser and uh, sample writer. And so I use them to teach from. Uh, he writes them according to my parameters so that they are very specifically going with the uh, essay type and the, um, uh, the, um, all of the pieces that they're going to be doing. And then also the uh, readability and writing level. All right. So we're going to, when we write our opening, so after we do the, sorry, let me go back here. So after we do the thesis statement, okay, we have, a, we have some quote lessons. I'm going to talk about those in just a minute. Then we outline the body. We have not written a an opening paragraph yet. And I can remember when I was writing for the first um, publishing company, uh, they, they, they ran a lot of their departments with young adults. And um, so they were interns and things like that. And so when a new intern would come who would be working on my, my project there, I would send them the, um, the books that I wrote for them in Word, and then they would put them into the publishing program. And so when they did that, they, you know, the, if it was a new one, they would come back and say, well, you know, my mom always taught me that, or we learned in school that, you know, we should write an opening paragraph first so that we, you know, are ready. We know what we're writing about. You know, we're, we're ready to write it. And I use just the opposite technique. I use the technique that says you cannot possibly interest a reader in reading your paper if you write an opening paragraph before you've ever written the paper. Because what do you put in an opening paragraph if you haven't written the paper yet? How do you know what will be a good way to entice the reader to read the entire paper? What will be a great opening type that would fall and weave into the paragraphs of the body if you haven't written the paragraphs of the body. So we always write the thesis statement first, then we uh, research, brainstorm, outline the body, write the body, and then we come back here. Um, let's put that in here because I run out of space a lot of times in here. Yep, then we come back here and write the opening paragraph. So here you can see when they outline it, they have some choices here of types. So these are some of the types that I teach that would be coming, like I said, to my teachers pay teacher store. They have to put in their thesis statement. There is a, a, a sentence minimum that they have to have for the opening paragraph commensurate with the body. So if they have an eight to 10 paragraph body, I don't want a three paragraph opener. It just, it doesn't fit. It's not mature enough to be with such a mature essay body, right? And uh, then we do the same thing with the closing, okay? And the thesis statement reloaded and, you know, how many sentences it is and so forth. So I want to talk about the two opening and closing paragraph types that Zach used in the sample. The, the nice thing about a, a list, a, a formatted, you know, pattern paragraph type of template for various opening paragraph types is that students can see how that would fit with the body as the opener or how it would fit with the body as a closer. So like this past week, what did they do? Somebody was writing, they were writing 
about um, oh, uh, so many essays and uh, projects going right now. They were writing um, three um, three weather oh three weather phenomena. That's what they were doing. They were writing about three weather phenomena. And so, you know, they would say, well, I want to use a story as the opener because I want to like have a story of this family who was, who was, you know, in the middle of a tsunami, you know, they watched a movie about that. So they wanted to, they wanted to put that in their opening. They said, but it doesn't feel like there's enough space. And so then, you know, I could guide them. Well, let's do the opening story, half of the story, leave them hanging and then finish the story in the closing. So you're actually bookending your essay or your report. So, you know, having all of these types, they can kind of see what would fit. So you can see the opening that uh, Zach has here is a history of fairy tales and the closing that he has is a definition paragraph. Now the um, uh, opening paragraph also has a quote in it. So, uh, no, 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 I'm sorry, that's paragraph of body C. I'll come back to that in just a joke. All right, so here is the history of fairy tales. Now he has, he felt that after he wrote his opening paragraph, the history of fairy tales, that the um, thesis statement would work well right off the bat. So I always tell students, you could put it here, you could put it here. You could even, if you have like a dialogue, even put it at the beginning of the first paragraph of body, if it feels like it's just hanging out there. All right. So uh, here he has the history, he has the thesis statement, then he has the history, 1910, a Finnish scholar, um, and 1961, 19, 2004, uh, the um, index where fairy tales are kept, the categories of um, fairy tales, um, just really, really interesting, actually. I mean, after I read this, I definitely wanted to read the paper, <laughs> right? And that is the whole goal of the opening paragraph. All right, so let's go into the closing paragraph here. Oh, sorry. Here we have it. And it is a definition paragraph. So uh, again, the thesis statement reloaded could be here. The thesis statement reloaded could be here, right? He chose to put it there. Fairy tales help kids by equipping their imagination, encouraging them to see the power of ordinary people and showing them that good can overcome evil. So kind of the thesis rewritten for the closing, but again, in the same order that the paragraphs fell. And then here's his definition, Mer paragraph. Merriam-Webster.com offers two definitions for the words fairy tale. The first is, quote, a story as for children involving fantastic forces and beings, such as fairies, wizards, and goblins. This kind of fairy tale is what helps kids. However, the words fairy tale also impact how all Americans think and speak. Merriam-Webster.com reflects this also defining fairy tale as, quote, a story in which improbable events lead to a happy ending. And then that's the expansion. So the template for this um, that I teach has where you put the definition and then you give information about the definition, where it came from, you know, you know, like in this case, there are two of them. And then you expound upon it, re relating it to your topic. So then he said, today, this gives us sentences like winning the championship capped a fairy tale season for this team and so forth and where that word is found. So in our, my definition template, it has, you know, you put the definition and then you put uh, where you got it and information about it. Then you put synonyms if they're appropriate, antonyms if they're appropriate, words related, where it might be found in other places, which is what he has done here. 
and um, I'm trying to think of it without looking at the template, um, and people or animals or situations where this um, thing is, is shown and so forth. So they have choices that they can use to support their definition paragraph. All right, so uh, they also have to do a quote. So let's go up here to POBC, showing how good conquers evil. As G.K. Chesterton observed, quote, fairy tales do not tell children that dragons exist. Children already know that dragons exist. Fairy tales tell children that dragons can be killed. And then he goes on to um, support that, right? He's supporting this um, good conquering evil topic. He's supporting it with a quote and with more information, examples from specific fairy tales. Snow White, Sleeping Beauty, Peter Pan, um, that, that um, support there for that quote. All right, now this quote here is a very simple one. So this is great for sixth, seventh, eighth graders. Uh, as G.K. Chesterton observed, comma, quote, and then the quote, period inside in the USA, always inside, periods and commas, always inside quotation marks in our country of the United States. Other countries do it differently, but they always fall inside and then the closing quotation marks. Doubles, always doubles, always doubles. Singles are rarely ever used. We use singles wrong. <laughs> so um, this is a very simplified one, but this has, this lesson has examples of the other one, other ways too. So here is how you will put, include it in your, um, in your outline. Wherever they put the quote, um, they need to put the information so that they have a good speech tag. All right. So I always tell them that in your outline, you, you can write the quote on a piece of paper and just you know put it with your outline, or you can write it right in your outlining lines. But you need some information that tells the reader that this person, this place, this source where you got this quote is reliable and is um, a, an expert of sorts, right? So uh, here, this one has more information. Hans Christian Andersen, Danish writer, famous for his fairy tales. So this student is ready to have uh, support information for the quote. So, you know, he might say something like, Hans Christian Andersen, and then use an appositive, which I teach extensively, comma, a Danish writer who's famous for his fairy tales, comma, once said, quote, being born in a duckyard does not matter if only you're hatched from a swan's egg, period, quote. And then, of course, there's a lot to unpack there that they could include if they did this in their opening paragraph. So that is, uh, those are the ways that I teach them to use a quote in their opening that is already quoted in the source. Students get really tripped up about this. And when I tell them that they're going to include a quote, they automatically think they're going to go to brainy quotes or wiki quote or quotey quotes or whatever online and find a quote, any quote, just I need a quote, I need a quote. Well, first of all, I'm very strict, especially with my high schoolers, that you don't put a quote in later because it's assigned. You put it in as you write because it is needed. So that is one thing that I always tell them and make sure with my upper level students that that is done. But then here, this is where they get tripped up. They automatically think that if they're going to put a quote in their paper, it should be already quoted. And so I teach two types. This is the people one. 
And that means somebody said it and it's already quoted. Wherever you got it from, it has quotation marks around it already. It is that person's quote. It's not just part of the article. It is what somebody else said. The other type is lifted text. And this is where it is not already quoted in the source. So I tell them you have a choice to get something that's already quoted by somebody, or you have a choice to get into one of your sources, your book, your article, your encyclopedia, whatever it might be, and pull out words that you think are important and quote them word for word and then sell to where it came from. So in this case, lifted, it's lifted out of an, an article or a book or something, and it is not quoted yet, but you're gonna make it into a quote, which means you are going to do your quote word for word, right? Because that's what you do with quotes. You always do them word for word. So um, you could say uh, for this, uh, they could introduce it with something like, um, um, at, the, at the website, learning through literature in an article entitled, Five Reasons Fairy Tales Are Good for Children, comma, the author of this website made it clear that fairy tales help children see the good in overcoming evil. When they said, when he said, when she said, comma, quote, the simplicity of overcoming, you know, whatever, 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 whatever. Or they could be two separate sentences, right? So it could be something like, at the website Learning Through Literature, an article entitled Five Reasons Fairy Tales Are Good for Children expound upon five different solid reasons that fairy tales help children, period. Uh, Learning Through Literature stated, comma, quote, the simplicity of good overcoming evil is deeply reassuring to a child struggling to make sense of the wide world around them. So there are, there are a number of ways, and I teach those all throughout as we go. Remember that you want to give tools for anything that you are expecting them to do. We give them the tools. We give them the tools. We give them the tools because we love kids. All right. And so then here are examples that we walk through. Now, you can use this very easily. You do not have to be a, an expert at quotation use because it has the, the dictation, sorry, it has the quotation rules broken down, okay? So here is beginning speech tag, and it uh, talks about said, it talks about although, and it talks about it, period, quote. And then it has these, D, then it has um, the uh, details of that. So said is your speech tag and what you're doing there, Although is the beginning of the quote, and it starts with a um, quote, capital letter. And the end is a statement, so it has a period quote. Okay, so that's with the beginning speech tag. Then it has with the ending speech tag. Um, and this is the details for the quote rule with the ending speech tag. Quote, although the world is full of suffering, it is full also of the overcoming of it, comma, quote, said Helen Keller. So you can see all you have to do is walk through these. What I do with my kids is I tell them, okay, let's highlight, circle the beginning quote and the first letter and circle the ending quote and the comma here or the ending quote and the period here. So you can just, it's all right here for you in my um, quotation lessons. So you don't have to worry about, you know, how do I explain this, you know, 
speech tag at the end and you put a comma, not a period, you know, how can I explain that? You can just go right through the lesson and it's explained for you. All right, then they are ready to write. They are ready to put their quotation marks in. They're ready to put their quotes in and they are um, ready to write with that quote being part of it. Now, I always tell them that they can do a, uh, this is this is a short quotation lessons. I have extensive like pages and pages uh, that I walk through with upper level students, especially my 11th and 12th grade research writers. So, um, which we're doing right now this semester, it's so fun. Um, so they are going to, they can put their quote anywhere if they only have to do one. So I tell them they could, you know, they could do a definition paragraph where they're defining something. I mean, technically in this sample, find it again, in this sample, the fact that this Merriam-Webster definition is, he's quoting it two times, that could accounted for his quote, right? So that makes me even happier because my whole premise is you don't stick a quote in later, as I just mentioned a little bit ago. And I can tell that he didn't just stick a quote in because if he were just wanting to fulfill the assignment of having one quote, he could have just done this one definition, quote, dot, 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 period. Good, I got my quote in. But instead he felt this was needed. The second one was needed. Um, uh, the GK Chesterton quote helped him make the point of uh, how fairy tales show how good conquers evil. And so there was a lot of thought put into these quotes. These quotes were not just added later. And you can usually tell, right? It's, it's like they're, you know, it just kind of stuck in there and it doesn't really help them make their point. And it doesn't seem like it goes with it that well. All right, so that is what I have this week on uh, the rest of the five paragraph quotes. Now, don't forget, I have some episodes where you can listen to more teaching on this. Essays uh, one, you can go to the languageartsladyblog.com, how I teach, and you'll see all of the episodes laid out with thumbnails and you can tell what they are about. And so like number one, we'll say three favorite S three favorites essay and number 13 will say the fun three paragraph or five paragraph essay in teaching about that, um, that is more like a middle school project. And then number 14 is writing a first person essay and uh, where you are the character telling about a, a story. I think that's you are a character in Peter Pan and you're telling about your fellow characters. Um, and then number 16, the one favorite, that is what I start with. One favorite for elementary kids. What is your one favorite thing? Um, and it's a category. So it's your one favorite dessert or your one favorite book or whatever. And um, number 28 uh, has um, descriptive, right? And that's more of a descriptive project. And then of course, 43 and 44 right here. So you can grab those there. You can get these three projects for free. Uh, and when you sign up at the blog and you get 18 free products, and this is three, this is six of them, three books and three videos of me teaching this to students. So you can take the week off, or if it's a two week project, you can take two weeks off and I will teach your students from these free books. Peter Pan three is there. I'm just using the um, sixth grade and up uh, 
sixth or seventh grade and up. So level three, Peter Pan, level four of Mowgli, and level five of Peter Pan. And those would be more um, age appropriate to what I taught today. And here are a bunch of essays, right? And you can see that they span from level two, which is fourth and fifth, my one favorite concession at a fair, um, all the way up to you know, level five, the original essay using three movie quotes. So you can see that it spans the different age groups really from um, third or fourth grade all the way up to grade 12. So these are some of the great essay products that I have. And then these are the one semester um, religious slash faith book, faith-based books that have essays in them. All right, thank you for joining me. As I say always, you can call to create a class, to hire a teacher, to get private online or in-person tutoring. And um, we'll be happy to see if we can uh, set you up and put you in someplace. Uh, my husband has a really, really busy winter semester, but um, he is not opposed to trying to fit somebody else in. All right, thank you again for joining me and I will see you next time on episode number 45 of How I Teach.